Good day and welcome to another edition of Natural Health Dialogue. Uh, number one in the in the new routine this year, the uh, monographs as Dr. Lee calls them. And so, but today we're gonna answer the question, what do finances have to do with your natural health? And there is a tie. Uh, Dr. Lee, could you enlighten us? You betcha. We're looking forward to this year. Uh, Dr. Kim Anderson and myself will be sharing the duties of these blogs and podcasts this year. And the whole idea is that we're going to do something that we're calling holistic monographs. Holistic meaning covering all parts of the of the body, including even emotions and those kinds of things. Um, my challenge each month for the first one is that some of the things that we're talking about don't sound like uh, they're health related. But in fact, if you're talking about, as I have many, many times on our podcast and on our blogs, the idea of um, stress and what stress does to every single body system that we have, then any of these things that generate or alleviate stress are, in, are important to our health. Uh, the first one each month is going to be, I'm calling it a thriving home and family. If your family is thriving, then you are going to be healthier just because of the emotional response and the uh, physical response that we get from the de-stressing with a healthy family. Uh, our church service starts off every Sunday morning with, uh, we believe that God has created us for relationship, first and foremost with his son and with him, and secondly, with other people that are in our lives. And those relationships are where I'm going to be tying in this first uh, podcast every uh, month when I talk about the uh, the thriving uh, family and the thriving home. And the first of these is basically finances. Uh, I am not a financial guru. I, I'm not even really very good at finances, but God has been able to bless the endeavors that we've done for all of our lives. It's interesting to me that every uh, counselor that I've ever talked to says that the two main causes of failure of a marriage are going to be infidelity first and finances second. The argument over what we need, what we want, and how much money we have is the thing that will often lead to a, uh, to a failed marriage. So I'm basically giving what, what I believe are important things to consider uh, based on my 75 years of life and what has worked and been good and in some cases bad for me in the way of uh, the way that we've dealt with things. Nearly 50 years ago, um, I left uh, from flying in Vietnam. Um, my family came over and joined me. We lived in Taiwan. And um, during those days, I'd got not only my salary as a, as a pilot in the Air Force, but I also had flight pay, combat pay because we were flying in Vietnam and, um, and also a $500 a month tax exemption. That's quite a bit of extra money. And so we look back on it and we say, man, back in those days, we lived like kings. We had all this extra money and living in Taiwan was very, very inexpensive as compared to living in the United States. And so when we came back to the United States, we just continued to live the lifestyle that we had built for ourselves. We thought it was great. And after six months, I realized that I was a full months behind in paying my bills because I didn't have the money that I had had in Taiwan and I had more expense in the United States than we had there. And so it was suggested to us by another pastor friend of ours that we look into budgeting. I know most people think of budgeting as a negative, but let me tell you something, it saved our lives. And here we've been married now for 53 years. 
53 plus years, and, uh, and we still live on a budget. Now, what does that mean? We actually got uh, graph paper. We got uh, uh, paper that people use for doing um, accounting sub substances. And I made up a budget and we had on, on each page a budget item. We added how much we were going to budget for that particular item. Uh, every month I sat down and wrote in a plus amount out of the paycheck that went in there. And then as we spent out of that budget item, uh, we took a, a negative out of it. Uh, it took us about two months to kind of get our budget in order and going. Yeah, it takes time. And, uh, and we've been living on it ever since. Now, every year at the end of the year, I look and see what budget items have a little surplus and which ones are a little bit behind. And we make some adjustments and then we readjust the amounts that we're going to spend for the next year within the budget thing. But what it did for us was then the, the little extra things. If we had couples that came in and said, uh, you know what, uh, how, let's go out to dinner. Uh, we didn't look at the checkbook to see if we had money to go out to dinner. We looked at that budget item and see if in our entertainment section, we had built money uh, to, uh, uh, to be able to go out to eat. And so we made our decisions based on what we had. So budgeting, number one. Secondly, the things that we budget. Um, we're Christians. We tithe. Uh, I'm not going to get into an argument about how much the tithe is, that kind of stuff. Uh, Malachi 3.8, though, says, God says, will a man rob God? Yet you will have robbed me. But you say, where have we robbed you? And he says, in the tithes and offerings. So if we're not giving back to the Lord, we're robbing God. And Malachi says that he takes a very serious interest in that. But the New Testament principle found in 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, each person should do what he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. Basically, uh, you work it out with God as to what you should give and then be faithful to give. Uh, and, and God will bless that. God looks at our hearts. He knows what we're wanting to do, what we're trying to do, what we're trying to live to do, and he will bless that accordingly. Uh, secondly, uh, some years ago, I read a little book, a uh, very small booklet. It's called The Richest Man in the World. The summary of that would be that he said you need to set aside some savings for the tough times. And so uh, years later, I sat down with my kids when they were preschool, made a shoebox with nine compartments at the top with little slots. I had three kids, so they each had three. I gave them the, uh, a dollar a month uh, allowance. And I gave it to him as 10 dimes. And we sat down on the floor every Saturday morning and put a dime in the tithe slot, a dime in the what we called a something big slot that you would be able to spend, but it was going to be a while, and a dime in a retirement slot. And the other 70 cents, then we would go to the store and let them buy whatever they wanted to buy. They got to spend 70% of it. I think that's a great principle. If we give the Lord, I don't care what it is, we, we'd like to think of a tithe. It comes from the word tenth. So uh, if you're going to give them a tenth, you give a tenth there. You put a tenth into something where you can save to buy that motorbike or that car or whatever you're going to have. And then a, a tenth that you're going to use for long-term debt retirement. And then, uh, and then from there, you, uh, you spend the other 70%. Learn to live on 70% of what you make. And uh, God says in uh, uh, Hebrews 13.5, uh, keep your life free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have. For he, he has said, I'll never leave you or I'll never forsake you. 
okay, if God's not going to leave us and forsake us, and we learn from the very beginning to live on 70% of our income, and we budget to do that, uh, then the finance thing gets to be virtually no problem at all. Now, all of this, I've got lots of other stuff that that I could cover. We're not going to have time to cover it all today. It is in my blog, and so you can go there and read it in more detail. But all of this assumes no debt. And so uh, there are Dave Ramsey courses. There are all kinds of counsel, financial counselors and planners who will help you uh, learn how to get out of debt. And once mm -hmm. you get out of debt, you need to do some of these things, and it'll be able to keep you out of debt. Actually, um, uh, the first step would be get out of debt. But I say the real first step is to make the decision within your heart to allow within your means and allow God to bless you in some very unexpected ways that will come about your way. If you're trying to honor him with your living, I'll guarantee you he will honor you with the resources that you have to have. Not everything you want, but everything that you need. Um, learn to be content with what you have, plan for the future and uh, use it faithfully. And remember, you can't take it with you anyway, so you might as well learn uh, to get along with, uh, with what you have. It's a great way to live. It's a much less stress when you don't have all the debt and stuff hanging over you all the time and wondering how you're going to pay the next bill. Uh, so uh, make yourself a budget. Uh, give as you can give in the other areas we've talked about, and then learn to live on your budget. It's a comfortable lifestyle. It is very much a help assist to make a thriving home and family as you honor your fi finances. Well, thank you, Randy. And what a great addition to the uh, first installment of the thriving home and family week of the month. Uh, first uh, week of the month here as we go along and you can all look forward to more of those on the first week of the month as we go through 2021. So and, until next time, uh, be safe and healthy. Yeah, we're looking forward to the year. I think it's going to be a great year talking about holistic, whole lifestyle home, uh, monographs. All right, see you next time.